Welcome to episode number 70 of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. I'm really thrilled today to welcome Don Simons to the podcast. So Don is currently the CEO of Insights at advertising technology and data company Big Village, which uh, has recently undergone a very successful and exciting rebranding campaign renaming campaign. So you might know them as Engine Insights, but now they're Big Village. So really, really cool stuff. So I know Don very well from my days at GFK. So while I was at GFK, most of my time there was spent in a global role. And Don was, in fact, my in-country manager in the US. So I've been a beneficiary of seeing Don's leadership firsthand and uh, doesn't surprise me and, and actually thrills me to know that uh, people like Don are helping to move the industry forward. So good on you, Don. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> now, if there's one thing I do know about Don from our conversations, it was an open secret. Don is, is a super fan of a particular 1990s band, uh, which may be given away by your background there. Uh, but uh, we're going to get into all that and more on today's podcast. So welcome to the show, Don. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you again. Great to see yeah, you. Yeah, same, man. It's good to see you. Yeah. Se- episode 70. Episode 70, believe good it or not. Good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. So, all right. Super cool. Um, so if I recall correctly, uh, when you were in the fourth grade, your teacher asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up. And you said, I want to be the CEO of an insights company. Uh, so, I mean, it was destined, right? Um, well, maybe it didn't happen quite that way. So let's let's hear how you got into insights, Don. Yeah, you know, it's funny the intro is like that because I think for folk, you know, the old folks uh, that have been around a while, most of us have a story about how we kind of fell into the industry. And, I, and I'm no different. This was not intentional. Um, <laughs> But, but I think that's changed in the last five to 10 years yeah. or so, you know, students are going to school for, you know, studying the science of marketing research and right. you see these programs at Michigan State and Georgia and KU um, doing an amazing job. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing that there's been some evolution there. Um, but yeah, to date myself, uh, I fell into it. I finished my MBA. Um, it was a, a, a bad investment from the point of view of you should always know what you want to do on the back end of spending <laughs> money. And, and I didn't. I just was, <laughs> I knew I wanted to keep my education going, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And, and I fell into a company called uh, Audits and Surveys, right? Uh, which ended up being an absolutely incredible education uh, in the industry. Um, I took a, a entry level job there. I was checking tabs and link checks and uh, poll counts and all these things that uh, yeah. some things we still do, some are, are now automated. Um, but it was an amazing way to learn the industry. There was incredibly smart people there. And I got really excited about the kind of work that we do. And to be honest, like you said, in fourth grade, you know, marketing research wasn't on my radar. But as I learned what it was and how it was applied, I got I got pretty excited about it. So what I thought was, hey, let me just take a job while I look for another job ended up being so far a 25 year career and uh, and still kicking. So, uh, yeah, I kind of kind of fell into it, but I'm, I'm real glad it uh, worked out the way it did. Yeah, cool, cool. And tell us, tell us a little bit about Big Village. 
yeah, so the caption, I mean, we, we are a leading global advertising technology and data company. Um, I think what's interesting about us is that we bring a full range of services. So ad tech, media, creative, along with insights all under one roof and have done a nice job of eliminating silos. So those are pretty distinct skill sets that rarely are under one roof. And when they are, they tend to be completely siloed and disconnected. And what we've done really successfully is those are all our colleagues. We work together really well. So yeah, um, a lot of traditional insights, you know, it's stuff that you, you, we do a lot of, uh, you know, concept testing and choice modeling and all the uh, segmentation and all the kinds of things that you think about. Um, but we also do a lot of audience development for the purposes of the digital campaigns that we're okay. launching. We do a lot of foundational insights to lead to the strategy that creates uh, creative campaigns. And that to me is, is pretty interesting and also really exciting. So um, that was the reason for the rebrand. We thought that the term big village captured that idea of different skill sets all kind of coming together and working for a common cause um, better than engine did. And so that's where the, uh, the rebrand came from. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really neat when I think of when I thought of Engine uh, and now Big Insights, I think of kind of leading the charge of really moving towards uh, activation of insights, yeah. right? And just yeah. using that link and making it be sort of one continuous chain. Yeah, yeah, that that is very much our focus. I think a lot of insights has moved towards understanding sort of business impact and, and we're no right. different. We take it even a step further uh, against activation. Um, you know, almost any research that you do, in the end, you could create some kind of audience from an even stronger and more precise audience if you pull in different data sources. So, you know, ultimately, that's what you want to have an eye on. Like, I'm not doing a segmentation because I want to understand about, right? You know, this heavy shopper. I want to do it because I want to know how to target that person and get them to buy even more and increase their basket size and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's really been our focus is not just being great at the research, which I think we are pretty good, um, but understanding where it's going on the back end too. Yeah, cool. All right, Don, let, let's talk some rock and roll, man. Uh, so Pearl Jam. So as far back as I can remember meeting you, I think I knew you were a, a Pearl Jam super fan. So, so yeah. tell us where that came from. Yeah, I'm a, 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 a geeky fan, man. I uh, <laughs> I love them. And when you meet other Pearl Jam fans, I could geek out for hours. When you meet people who aren't Pearl Jam fans, like, dude, enough. So like, <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> I could talk about shows and uh, that I've been to and, uh, you know, different arcane uh, facts about Pearl Jam all day long. Um but yeah, uh, much like my, my research career, I, uh, I fell into them. I went to see uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1991 at Roseland in New York City. Cool. Opening, opening for them was the Smashing Pumpkins. And this was right around the time where all these guys were starting. You know, Nirvana hadn't quite broke yet. No one knew who Pearl Jam was. Right. Uh, but, but they were on that tour. They were an extra opening band. So it was Pearl Jam open for the Pumpkins, open for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, cool. But we were there to see the Peppers. So I... You know, I, we went to the show, we're having a drink at the bar in the, in the back, you know, the, the the opening of the opening band, like, who cares? I always want to hear new music, but we weren't paying that much attention. Right. But it was Pearl Jam. And uh, two or three songs in, we're like, who are these guys? This is, they're really good. Yeah. And, uh, and they, you know, they played Alive, they played Jeremy, you know, a lot of their early hits. Um, and uh, it was great. It was really amazing. And then maybe a month later, Alive broke. And, uh, and and became a popular song. And uh, Nirvana was breaking around that time too. And just all kind of, yeah. uh, you know, gathered steam. Um, so that was kind of how I got to uh, to like them and, and to get involved. Um, 
but I've stuck with them, uh, you know, my whole life. And I think that that's true for a lot of people. If I look around the concerts now, certainly the, the fans have aged with the, with the band. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's, you know, a tribute to the band and, and how they've, they've grown as well and how they want to interact with the fans. Um, but it's funny, you know, there's like music's the soundtrack of your life. And yep. when I think about particular lyrics or songs that happen at certain pivotal moments in my life, there's almost always a Pearl Jam song that kind of, you know, really helped the, the celebration or helped me through a tough time um, or, or something like that. So, you know, the music's great, but uh, the lyrics are really meaningful. Um, and then, you know, to top it all off, their live shows are just legendary. I mean, it's a yeah. incredible shared experience they do a different show um every show like the dead used to do um but you know everyone in there is a huge pearl jam fan they know every word every song they're all singing along and it's just uh it's really this uh incredible short sort of uh shared experience so um so yeah i haven't missed the new york area show in 30 years or so and wow. um I keep thinking, man, I'm getting old. I can't keep doing this. But every time they come back, I'm like, no, no, I still want to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're they're coming around in uh, September, and I'm taking my kids for the first time. So I'm uh, I'm passing oh, the torch. Awesome, <laughs> so cool. I see that uh, that Pearl Jam Bad Religion tour poster behind you. Uh, I'm a huge Bad Religion fan too. Yeah, yeah. So man, just to just to see those old posters. Those, those shows would just be so awesome too. And, and that's another thing they do great is they're they're opening bands. They really go out of their way to help out, you know, bands that could that they think are awesome but could use a little more attention to open for them on their tours. So I've gotten exposure to all kinds of good music by paying attention to their openers. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the other thing, um, so I'll, I'll say from that era, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, I think, you know, yeah. from the Seattle scene were were definitely my two favorites. Yeah. I think of all the bands that really broke then, Nirvana aside, because, you know, it's sort of so iconic, I guess. Uh, but Pearl Jam stuff has aged really well because it's yeah. just good music. It doesn't sound dated. Yeah. So um, still good stuff today. Yeah. And it's funny. Some of it's morphed. Like everybody knows Alive. Um, but it's become this like celebration in an arena kind of song. And that's not what the song's about, which is really yeah. funny. Like, you know, you listen to the lyrics like, and then everybody's like really into it in the arena. Um, but they've gone along with it. It's great. And it's, everyone's yeah. celebrating. And uh, so, yeah, they've uh, they've definitely kind of morphed and evolved uh, over time. Yeah, super cool. Awesome. So have there ever been any occasions where your Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam fandom has sort of intersected with your professional career in any interesting or funny ways uh not too much but I, probably two funny ways one is behind me um this was not intentional the first week of lockdown i'm like well i'm gonna be spending a couple of weeks in my my home office yeah let me, let me hang up my pearl jam posters that was really <laughs> it so I, I don't know how much you can see but i've got i've got a lot of them whoa <laughs> the, whole, the whole wall oh that's impressive yeah. so just about any show i've been to i'll grab the poster and i when COVID hit, I framed them and hung them up. I thought it was kind of cool. And it's such a conversation point on Zoom. Yeah. Like everyone's always like, hey, that, that's interesting. So I didn't intend for it to be that way, but it's been actually really cool. And I've gotten to talk about Pearl Jam way more the last two years than I did the <laughs> first 25 before that yeah. at work. Um, but the one thing I did do that was interesting, I think it was interesting. Um, this is probably about 10 years ago. I was trying to prove a point to the team that blog posts shouldn't be um, daunting. You know, we do a lot of thought leadership. We want to, we want to post a lot. Some people are very comfortable with it, but some aren't. And, and right. I said, you know what, I'm going to post one that is about my love of Pearl Jam, but I'll tie it back to research. 
And actually, as I got into it, I'm like, they really, I'm a CX guy at heart and they have a lot of CX lessons. And when you think about customer experience and what their fan experience is like, right. how to stay customer centric, how to bring your customers into the experience, good two-way dialogue and growing together, customizing the experience, all these kinds of things. So I wrote a blog post about it and just, you know, related it always back to CX trends and how you know, other companies might adopt these trends. But it was based on how uh, Pearl Jam behaved with their fan base. Um, yeah, and, and it and it kind of worked. So that that was a lot of fun to kind of get those two worlds to collide for a minute. Yeah, super cool. I can I can certainly see that, especially with the the loyal fan base that, that they've got. That's that's not yeah. by accident, right? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's what you know. I I think I started off the blog post. Like, there's not a, a piece of merchandise they've produced in the last twenty years that I haven't bought. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they, including like onesies for when the kids were babies, <laughs> and you know all this kind of stuff. So so you know it, it works for them. There's an ROI. Um, yeah, you're gonna get a call from Eddie Better soon. Hey Don, yeah. just want to say thanks for. Be all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so, so yeah, you've you've rebranded Big Village. Uh, you're doing some really interesting things. Uh, you're bringing different kinds of expertise under the roof. There's there's got to be some underlying, uh, I guess, bet on the future where insights is headed uh, that have resulted in you know some of your strategic choices. So, uh, from your vantage point, what what do you see the future of insights looking like? Yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, you know, a few minutes ago, um, you know, that idea of continuing to focus on business impact and especially um, activation, I think becomes more and more important. Um, and, and I think we're, we're kind of already there, right? So the industry is, you know, evolving quite a bit and, and is yeah. already kind of there. Um, and I think for us, uh, you know, like I said, almost all research has a desired outcome and it's not just what i learned in the research but what am i going to go do about it how does that help me sell more cars how does that help me charge more for my hotel room and so that's where we, we're focused on always having an eye on that um as well um we work closely like i said before with emx which is our um, ed tech uh division so we're breaking down a lot of silos there so when you think about combining uh survey results attitudinal customer insights with audience targeting for media right. activation or, or measurement and, and, you know, all those kinds of things that help media investments. Um, that's one of the places that we're placing a bet because having the agency, the ad tech and insights all in one place gives us a little bit of a unique vantage point in terms of how to move that stuff forward a little bit more efficiently. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, it's an overused word. Um, and I, I think it means something different to a lot of people, but, uh, you know, doing work in an agile way. Right. Um, you know, for us, what we've really focused on is how do we get, you know, better, faster, cheaper, but never sacrificing quality. There, there mm -hmm. is, you know, I think the move toward um, tech, people just thought like eventually we could just, you know, robot stuff and insights pop out. And and it's not true. I mean, there's a real art and training to how to properly design a questionnaire and what population you're sampling and how to do the weighting and, and all that kind of stuff that that still needs, uh, you know, smart, trained yeah. researchers in the science of, of marketing research so how do you keep that but move it along way faster than we used to do um in the past is, is uh you know i think what a lot of people are placing different kind of bets on um so for us that really means you know uh, a lot of uh big data kinds of stuff right right um uh you know a lot of advanced analysis surveys are still really important they, they, they should be they're not going to go away but not always, and, and they're not always enough. So there's a lot of data integration. So that's been another skill set um, that we've got to take forward. 
And I guess the third piece then is um, uh, the, all that means you need to be good storytellers, right? If I, I want to have a business impact, I want to make research results come to life. I've got to be able to communicate it in a way that folks get it, right? That there's action yeah. to be taken. And that's yet another skill that I would suggest uh, requires some training. I don't think, uh, right. but everyone's just naturally good at it. And um, so for us, that consultative side of it and being good storytellers is important as well. So I think those three things kind of converge, right? To be sort of important elements to how do we continue to do the science of what we do, um, but yep. do it efficiently and at the speed of business is I think where the industry is going and, and you know, certainly where we're, we're, uh, we're moving towards. Yeah, that certainly feels uh, what clients have been pulling at or pushing at for a long time. And I, it feels like a lot of companies in the space have sort of resisted it and said, no, better, faster, cheaper. We're not going there. We're going to leave it for other people. But it's it's in response to to real legitimate business needs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and and I think the subtle difference is because because you're right. I think there's been a lot of resistance on like, oh, no, like if we don't take six months to do the strategic study, like it wasn't done well. And that that's just not true. There's a lot of ways you can cut time out of a process uh, that don't contribute value, you know, to right. the end. So that yeah. there's places to pull that back. But I also think it's dangerous to swing too far to the other side to say, actually, you know what? We're going to automate all this. Uh, you know, right. the, the tech introduction in our industry has been amazing. It allows us to do stuff, but it's not an answer in and of itself. And for folks who have said like, hey, I can just automate, that's dangerous too because you're not doing it with a trained eye and you can make poor conclusions and make bad bets because you really didn't understand what, what you were putting out into the world. Yeah. Uh, and that's dangerous too. So I think it's that combo getting that right is, is where we bring a lot of value. Sure. Cool. All right. So I know as a, as a CEO, your, your time is limited uh, and how you spend your time is, is an important choice. So when you think about media, um, what media are you consuming either for inspiration or information or even that little snippet of enjoyment? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Uh, as a CEO and also with uh, three uh, kids, um, <laughs> there's very little time for personal enjoyment. Um, uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. I, I think, um, I mean, we're talking about music and I'm a huge music fan. So that's probably my go-to is, uh, and it would right. be, you know, Amazon or YouTube and stuff at work to be able to listen to some music in the background while I'm working. So I probably access that media um, more than anything. Um you mentioned realization. I don't know if you, you you're into ASMR at all, but I got uh, turned on to that recently, and it, it's uh, I forget what it stands for, auto sensory meridian response or something like yeah. that. It's like tapping and whispering and all that kind of stuff for certain people can really relax them. Right, uh, and it works on me. I, I get it does totally relaxed. <laughs> so it's fantastic. I'm, tired, so. Man. I'm on the fence still. It's. <laughs> It's yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. And apparently there's like, there's a segment of the population that get like tingles and stuff from it and others where it has no effect. So it just depends on you. Um, so, but professionally, um, LinkedIn is probably my biggest window into, you know, both the corporate side and what's happening with our, our peers and colleagues. Um, sure. Not a day goes by that I don't click on something that was posted to read what, what people are talking about. Sure. Um, I have to give a plug to, to our services. The Cassandra Daily is a really good way to kind of hit that 30,000 foot, what's going on with the trends kind of thing. I always find that right. thought-provoking along with our weekly pulse. Um, and there are really good market research podcasts out there. Um, 
this one. Uh, but the one that uh, uh, Jamin does, Happy, I think it yep, is. Happy um, Market Research. Yeah. Uh, Research Rockstars. Catherine does a great job. Um, we've been on Sima Vasa's uh, Data Gurus. I uh, really love good. that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam Jolly does one that, that that's good. So I'm not a huge right. podcast yeah. guy, but I try to listen into these because they uh, there's always good information. Um, so yeah, no, that's yeah. that's great. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. There's lots of lots of great stuff out there. Um, so, I mean, the big question, Don, this, this is about rock and roll at the end of the day, right? I mean, it's research and insights and all that good stuff, but it's rock and roll. So what I really want to know, uh, and I think I have an idea what this answer might be, but you never know. So you're stranded on a desert island, right? Uh, you've got three records of your choosing to keep you company for the rest of your days. What are they? Desert island discs, man. <laughs> This is such a tough question because it's three. I think if it was like your top 10, I could probably uh, do it a little bit easier. Um, so so I got to pick a Pearl Jam one. Um, Pearl Jam's awesome at uh, allowing fans to record um, concerts and then fans share those. So their okay. live, live recordings are, are really uh, good. They did a show in Philly a couple of years ago that my wife and I went to where they started the show off by playing the album 10, which was their first album. Right. From front to back. And oh, they, cool. They, they, they'd only ever done that once in, in, their, in all the shows they've done. And they didn't announce it or make a big deal out of it. it they just started playing. And two or three songs in, people were like, hmm, this feels like the same order. And by the fourth song, like, oh, my God, they're playing it. So it's just that <laughs> sense of, like, we were there for, like, a special uh, night. Yeah, that's um, cool. It was a great show. So uh, that would be one. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll date myself again. I had a tape of um bob marley uh legend that i played so much in high school that i wore it out and had to, <laughs> and had to buy another one awesome. <laughs> um so so that must mean I, I like listening to it and to this day i still listen to it pretty regular so i, I love it. bob um and then probably the cure uh standing on a yes. beach is a compilation i love yeah. the cure and and depeche mode and all those kinds of bands but um but that compilation has a lot of great songs on it so oh. Totally. I'm looking for bang for the buck if I can only have three, I guess. So uh, yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh three for three in my book. Uh love it all. So I'll I'll drop by the island for a little bit now. <laughs> Come anytime, man. Bring some beers. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Excellent. Well, uh, great to catch up with you, Don. Um, great insights. Really appreciate it. Uh, always good to chat. Let's stay in touch and rock and roll. <laughs>